Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, back again with uh, week number two. This is the, the second Q&A that I'm going to do of probably 5,000, and I'm super excited about having this guy on with me tonight. Uh, Big Mike is what I call him. I've got, I had Mike Trier last week, and this week I've got Big Mike. And uh, I'm really excited about this one because Big Mike has an awesome story, and I'm really I'm super excited about his story. Not saying that Mike's story wasn't awesome from last week. I just, I personally know his, and it's, 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 it's just as awesome. So, uh, without further ado, Big Mike, let's uh, start with this. So, tell us a little bit about your story and uh, where you come from. Uh, well, you know, um, man, my story is long. That's kind of crazy. I'll but start from, uh, start from the beginning. So, yeah. where do you come from? No, I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri. Okay, um, St. Louis? Yeah, St. Louis. That's where I got the gold teeth. <laughs> what, so you got the gold teeth, and yeah. how did you get those? No, uh, I went down there. I mean, that's where I was raised, born and raised. So St. Louis is called the city of gold. Everybody and their mama got gold teeth. Everybody. Yeah. Grandmas, super great grandmas, everybody. Everybody okay. has gold teeth. So, I mean, when I was young growing up, that was one thing that I, I always wanted. So once once I got the, the time and the, the money to do that, that's what I went and did. So That's it's awesome. It's okay. a way to represent my hometown, man. Sure. So you uh, grew up in St. Louis, right? Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So, um, I guess what my question to you before we could dive into the past a little bit. What? Who are you, and what do you do right now? Um, who I am as a person. Um, what I do right now is I'm a personal trainer. First of all. Okay. Personal I'm a trainer. Personal where? trainer at Gold's Gym. Okay. First of all, I'm a personal trainer. Um, besides that, you know, I cook a little bit too. Uh, personal trainer is my is my trait. That is what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I do cooking on the side just to make ends meet, but personal okay. training is where I am. That's where I, that's what I love. And how long have you been doing that for? Since February, it's February this year. And how's that been going for you? So far? Yeah, it's been going great, if you ask me. I okay. love it. You know awesome. what I'm saying? I love it. I really do love it. I would rather do that more than I'd rather do anything else. Sure. Um, and now let's take it back a little bit. So now we have a little context about where you come from, and you know, um, and you talked about how you're a trainer now, and you've been doing that since when? February. February. Right. Awesome. So you said you're from St. Louis, right. okay? So tell me, tell me about how that was, and um, kind of start walking me through where you come from and where you are now. Um, you know, I, I was in St. Louis until I was like maybe 13 or 14 years old. Mm -hmm. and, you know, when I lived down there, it was kind of crazy. You know, it, I seen a lot of stuff that you know it kind of formed me, and I'm glad my people moved me up here to Illinois because like mm -hmm. I seen people get stabbed, I seen people get killed you know what i'm saying and you know it was like a way of life down there uh -huh. you know what i'm saying it was a lot fast a lot a lot faster how, than what it is here. How, how how long did you stay in the in st louis until for? i was like 13 or 14. 13 or 14. yeah 13 or 14. so i was old enough you know for my mind to mold and be down there and know a couple things see a lot of things you know that i didn't understand at the time but like True. i said you know as i got older you know i'm kind of glad that i did move up here to illinois because i, I would have probably been into a whole lot of stuff that i what really are, what are some things that you learned while you were down in St. Louis uh, all the way to the age of 14 or some things that you learned? Um, it was good to mind my own business. Okay. <laughs> it was good to mind my own sure. business. You know, if I seen something, you know, keep walking. Uh, if it didn't involve me, you know, sure. keep it moving. Don't, don't, don't delve into other people's business. Um, and then, you know, it was a lot of stuff I seen I, I didn't understand. Like I yeah. said, I didn't understand a lot of stuff at that time. But as I grew older, you know, I did understand it, and I'm glad my people made that move to get me up here to Illinois. Okay, so you came to Illinois, and where did you move to in in Illinois? Um, we came to uh, we came to Bloomington first. Um, we moved to Bloomington for like six months, and mm -hmm. then uh, we moved to Peoria. Okay. So we moved to Peoria. I went to you know a little bit of school up there for a little bit, and then we ended up moving back to Bloomington. Wow. So you moved quite a way back and forth. Yep. Okay. And we moved back to Bloomington, and when we came back to Bloomington, we kind of stayed, and mm -hmm. this is where I've been ever since. Wow. And now, take me through that a little bit. So you you came to Bloomington, and right. then you moved to Peoria, right. and you moved back. Right. Okay, so what happened? Why why did you move you know, back and forth between those areas? Um, at the time, my, my, my pops was a, a respiratory therapist. Okay. So with him being a respiratory therapist, he moved whatever. Which you know pops what I'm saying? Uh, Greg. Greg? Yeah. Okay. So he moved wherever the money was and mm -hmm. whatever the opportunities presented itself. So with him being, uh, you know, being a respiratory therapist, he found good work in Peoria, and then he found good work back here in Bloomington for a small company where he made more money. So he came down here and he felt that it was a better move for us to be in Bloomington. So mm. it's where we came, and you know, that's where we stayed. Okay. And how old were you when you came back to Bloomington? Um, I want to say I was still pretty young. I was like 15, 15 years old. 
Awesome. All right. So what happened after that? So we just got back to Bloomington, and where what was going on at that point? Um, at that point in time, uh, you know, I was trying to get into sports. I was honestly, mm -hmm. I was very good at sports. I could play any sport there was. Um, I was which, which sports? Mainly basketball. I okay. love basketball. What position did you play? I played a power forward, but I was versatile. You know, mm -hmm. I could play any any position. I was a, a hybrid. I was dunking at a young age. Wow, um, okay. So I could play ball. I just didn't, you know, my people didn't let me play ball because they felt that, like, me playing ball, for some reason, was just not right. They didn't, they didn't, they really did not see my talent for what okay. it was. Um, so what do you mean by that when they say, when you say somebody doesn't see your talent in something, what does that mean? I mean, I don't mean to brag on myself, okay. and I'm not bragging on myself, but if you got the, the principal and the superintendent and everybody else calling your house to tell you to let mm -hmm. your son play basketball, you need to let your son play basketball. Sure. I don't care what reason there is for you to say, oh, he doesn't need to play. No, mm -hmm. if these people go through all that just to say, let me play, mm -hmm. let them play. They went Absolutely. to the point. They went to the point of sneaking me on the team without my people even signing any papers to let me. And I played. That's crazy. Yeah, I didn't care what they said. I went and played basketball. Yeah. So you know, I even got in trouble um, a couple of times. You know, what do you mean? Young. So get in young. trouble. I mean, what yeah, you're young. You're supposed to have. You got a curfew. Okay. You're supposed to be in the house by a certain time. Ah, and so you I came home a little late. Man, I didn't care about no curfew. Oh. I'm going to play ball. Okay. I went and got my jersey. They gave me my jersey. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the little well, what was his number? So um, at that time, my number was 35. Okay. I don't know why, but they just gave me thirty five, so I was cool with it. Okay. <laughs> but you know, I didn't. So you're care. playing, you're playing ball, ball playing ball behind, uh, behind yep. your people's back. Okay. Right. No question. Um, so what changed, and what happened from there? Man, for some reason, somehow somebody told on me. Okay. <laughs> somebody told on me. I mean, because at that point, I was like the star of the team. Okay. That's how bad they wanted me to play. Sure. Um, and somebody ended up telling on me, and my parents they came to me like, uh, you know. So you playing basketball, I, I denied it to the fullest, but you know, it was, and they believed me at the time. Mm -hmm. So when it's me, me being young, I didn't know any better. Sure. You know, you got picture day. Okay. So they got the picture day of the basketball team and who's right there in the picture with the basketball team? You were. Me, like okay. a big old dummy. <laughs> so they showed that picture of the no, basketball. They seen it when I put my, took my yearbook on. Ah, so, okay. Yeah. And uh, so what happened, I mean, it when they, you know, how was that? What happened whenever they uh, approached that with you? Um. At that point in time, my people was, you know, they, they, they weren't feeling it. They felt like I defied them okay. and that rule. So um, at that point in time, we, uh, that's when me and my parents got onto a, a binge where we didn't see eye to eye. And that's when sure. I started to rebel. Okay. Um, wow. I didn't, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I didn't listen. At that point in time, it was like I didn't want to hear nothing that they had to say. Sure. So when you say rebel, what, is that? what does that mean? No, I really wasn't trying to hear nothing they was talking about. It was okay. nothing they could say because that was my passion. I didn't want to do anything else but play ball. I mean, I would have went to school. I would have did anything. I would have did anything just to play basketball because that's I felt that I was that good. I knew I was that good. Yeah. Um, I could see my 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 prove my my skills improve so much. Sure. Because that's all I wanted to do. Yeah. And when you took that from me, you took my world. So I wasn't trying to hear nothing they was talking about. Sure. Okay. So you started rebelling against your parents. Right. right? Um, and how old, how old were you at this point? I was still 15. Still 15. Okay, yeah. so what happened after that? Um, I started hanging around uh, a bunch of people that I knew. Uh, well, I don't know how to say I knew. I hung around a bunch of people. I found I started out company with a bunch of people that, you know, made me feel like they wanted me to beat around. Um, they made me feel like uh, they wanted to listen to what I was talking about. Um, they made me feel like I was at home, actually, you know. Uh, so I started hanging around them more than I did my own family. You know what I'm saying? And I started conforming to a lot of ways, even though I knew they was wrong. Okay. I didn't care at that time. Sure. You know, because I felt like that was an out, out, outlet, outlet for me to be, um, you know, to let my hurt out. And that's okay. what I did. Sure. So, started hanging around, you know, a different type of crowd. Right. So, what happened from there? Uh, man, I was still doing good in school. You know, I always did good in school. That was not a problem. Um, sure. But... I just defied my parents. You know, they told me you got to be home by this time. Man, I'm not trying to hear that. You know, never um, came home. On never came home. I actually ran away from home more than once. I ran away from home twice. Okay. Maybe three times. Um, at one point, my mom. Uh, I ran away from home. My mom seen me, and uh, the police had me pulled over. Mm -hmm. And I had the police go. So I told them, man, yeah, yeah. Uh, I gave my alias. Had them beat. I knew I had a warrant. You know, what I'm saying I had a warrant. I knew they was looking for me, so I gave my alias. A warrant for. Uh, man, I did something. I don't know what it was at the time, but I had a warrant for something for my arrest for something. Okay. 
and she knew I had a warrant. And for some reason, I just seen her drive by, and she seen me. She knew it was me. Okay. And I had the police told him I had a, gave him a fake name. He believed it and everything else. And that's how I know, man. Here she come. I see a robot. I said, oh, it's over with. Mm. Man, she came up. She said, man, and my mom, I swear, I love my mom to death. But my mom threw me under the bus. So was crazy. Carla. Carla? She seen me. She said, hey, he got a warrant. <laughs> yo, <laughs> yo, <laughs> yo. You're, you're <laughs> your mom? My own mom. My own mom threw me under the bus, bro. How was, what was she that said, like? Man I, man, I didn't give him a chance to see what that was like. Soon as I seen her coming, and she said, okay. "Yo, he got a warrant." I took off running. <laughs> I took off, man. No, you not not today, nah. Okay. Um, I took off running, man, and I was like, man, I can't believe my mom did that to me, man. I said, that's crazy. Dang so you. I end up running. I like the police, you know, they fat out of shape. I'm young. I'm still playing basketball every okay. day. I ghost them. Yeah, well, at least I thought I ghost them. Well, they know where you live. Right. I didn't run to my house. Okay. Uh, I ran and I hit up under a couple cars, man. You know, it was real quiet. Sure. Man, they end up still snatching me up out of there. So yeah, I, sounds like you got in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, I definitely did. Okay. Definitely did. Awesome. And now, and how old are you, Big Mike? Because we're, we're we're tracing you know quite a bit of history right now. So how old are you? I'm 39. Okay, so you had some tussles and you had some you know things going on in high school, right? right? right. And it doesn't sound like it was the best of situations, or um, you got in the wrong crowd and, and it, it started to almost snowball down, right? right. So. What happened after that? You got you graduated high school, and I know you said you you know you could have been real great at ball, um, and that sounds like that didn't necessarily work out for you. So, you know what happened after that? Well, um, I didn't even finish. I honestly didn't even finish school. Um, I did homeschooling. That didn't okay. work. Um, and I, honestly, man, I, I, like I said, I was very smart. So, sure. um, you know, I got in trouble a couple of times, a couple of bump, bumps and runnings with the law. I can't even remember how many. I, I was just stupid at the time. Okay. But I ended up getting locked up. Um, when I was like 16 or 17, I was 17 years old, and they told me that um, as long as they told me if I don't get my GED, that I wasn't going home. Okay. So I was. They, they gave me like maybe three months. They said, "Man, you gotta have your GED by this date." Three months cool. down the road, man, I went and got my GED in two weeks. So wow. now, <laughs> okay. I went and got my GED two weeks, and the lady told me like, "Man, you're a very smart young man. Why are you in jail? You need to go get yourself in college." And you know. I, I didn't listen to her. You know, I, I just want to get my GED so I can get out of jail. I, I'm okay. not trying to hear nothing you're talking about. So I got out of jail. Um, at that time, man, I didn't. I thought, you know, I was stupid, man. A lot of back then, people were dumb. They influenced your mind like going to jail was cool. Like you. So was, what do you mean by that? Uh, like I said, people would think. Even I thought like going to jail was cool. Okay. So I would go to jail. I mean, I'm not gonna say I just went to jail for anything like dumb stuff, but I mean, you was. That was like a strike. Oh, you went to jail for this. All right, you went to jail. You went. To... But huh? you know, now that I look back at now, you know, as years went on, like that's the stupidest thing I ever thought of in my life. Mm. Like you taking time away from your own life. You know, what I'm saying okay. going to jail. So, you know, I did a little stupid stuff, um, and in, eventually, all that stupid stuff ended up the big stuff. Mm. Um, and I ended up delving and delving into now. I start selling drugs. And I was just doing little petty crimes in. You know. Um, then I start getting to the serious stuff. Um, I start selling drugs, man, and that's probably when my life took the biggest turn that it ever took. Okay, so when you say the biggest turn that it ever took, what does that mean? Um, I mean, because at that time, like, I seen a lot of money. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Mm -hmm. I seen a lot of money and doing nothing. How much? Man, thousands. Man, 30000 $40,000. How long ago was this? Uh, it's 15, 16 years ago. And at that time, you know, that was a lot of money. That's still a lot of money now, actually. I mean, I was seeing a lot of money pass through my hands that time, and it was easy money. That was the best money there was to make in the world. Yeah. But at the end of the day, when you get caught, and everybody gets caught, um, it's nothing. It's like you're still making minimum wage because the time that you give up is not worth any of that money that you make. Absolutely. Okay. So you got caught, right? and you paid for it. How long did you pay for um, All together, all together, I served eight and a half years. Okay. But I did a year and a half, uh, maybe two years, uh, on uh, not only not house arrest, uh, house arrest and in the halfway house. So uh -huh. I did 10 years all together. Okay, now, I mean, I personally, I've, I've never been to jail. I don't know what that's like. So tell me how that, what, what that was like. Um, when I first went to jail, I was, you know, I was fat. Fat boy, I was out of shape. How much? How, how much did you weigh? Uh, three hundred thirty pounds. Wow. Right. Okay. So I was super fat, 
And, you know, at that point in time in my life, that was like the lowest point in my life because at the time when that happened, when, when I got locked up, first of all, I didn't get locked up. And I, I'm going to get set the record clear right now. I didn't okay. get locked up or catch my case because of me. All right, love it out. Let's go. Yeah, um, I, I'm not going to brag or nothing like that. I mean, I can because that's what I do. Right? Cause, but at the time, that's what I did. Okay. I was cold. I, I did what I did, man. Sure. I, I was very careful. I was very smart. I didn't get caught because of me, and I'm not putting the blame on anybody else, but I got caught because of somebody else's, you know, miscalculations or whatever you want to call it. Okay. And so what do, you, what do you mean by that? Let's, let's dive, dive down that before we get, you know, to, you know, how everything else was. How did you get caught? And I got caught because somebody else had a warrant, okay. and they didn't go take care of that warrant. And they knew I had the money to bond them out of jail. Like, they was, taking, they was helping me out greatly. Mm -hmm. Without this person, I would have been messed up. I'm not gonna say the name. I'm not, you know, I'm gonna leave it like where it is. Yeah. But um, they was helping me out a lot. They bond was nothing but a thousand dollars. Thousand dollars, man. I that was nothing. Thousand dollars. I spent that at the strip club at night. So mm -hmm. that was nothing or whatever. I could spend a thousand dollars and wouldn't even think about it. Mm -hmm. Go turn yourself in. Why you, you know? Sure. Let's go get this taken care of. So they didn't get that taken care of. And when okay. they didn't get that warrant taken care of, everything else just went down the hill. So the police were looking for them, and at the end of the day, their parents. Once again, <laughs> their parents called the police on them wow, because so the police was coming to their house. Yeah. Okay. And that resulted in everything going downhill. So they raided uh, the, the crib that I had everything at. And yeah, they found a whole lot of drugs, a whole lot of guns. And that person, and I don't blame them. You know, they okay. didn't take the weight. I don't blame them at all. I don't hold no I, no guilt, you know, no, no bad feelings towards that person, anything. Sure. I mean, I understand. Um, they didn't they didn't hold their weight they was sure. like man yo it's not mine all right cool mm. i'm not tripping but i took it you know and that's what it is okay so it sounds like you know this is uh that's it sounds pretty frustrating at that time. <laughs> right okay and let's let's fast forward a little bit you you got caught and you got sentenced a little bit right um what was that like what was i mean what was being what was being in uh jail like um, being in jail is messed up, man. Like I said, at that whole point in time, like my life was like all messed up. Man. I had just okay. lost my grandfather, you know what I'm saying? And that was the, one of my main father, uh, male figures in my life. You just lost him? Yeah, I had just lost him. Like right before, right before this raid happened. Before the okay. raid happened, I lost what my grandfather, Robert. Robert. And like two weeks later, uh, I lost my father. So at that point in time, I was the oldest male in my family, you know what I'm saying? Or the oldest male that had anything to do with my immediate family. So that kind of put me in a position where I was, you know, the head of the, of the household. Not only the household, but of my whole immediate family. Things rolled down pretty quickly. All right. And then the raid happened, and then after the raid happened, I get locked up. Wow. And what did they die? What did your grandpa and, and father die of? Uh, my grandfather, he died of uh, basically natural causes, but, you know, he had diabetes, and he had lost... Um, How old was he? My grandfather was 60, maybe 66. Okay. And he lost... Uh, both his legs to diabetes. Wow. Yeah. And my grandfather, uh, my, my, my father, he died from cancer. Never did a drug in his okay. life. Never smoked anything in his life. Never drank a, never drank a hard drink in his life. None of that. Okay. Yeah, so that stuff right there was like an eye opener to me, man. And I was, at that time, like I said, I was 330 pounds, man. I was, had my hands in a lot of stuff I knew I didn't have, didn't need to be in. And when I got locked up, man, it was like, it opened my eyes to, sure. that I needed to change right then and there. I was gonna die okay. at a young age, you know what I'm saying? So at that point in time, I was fat, I was overweight. Um, I could be talking to you right now sure. at that point in time and I would probably fall asleep. Like yeah. I would probably fall, my eyes would close and I would fall asleep right here talking to you. That's how out of shape I was, bro. I would okay. walk up the stairs and be out of be out of breath. Like, yeah. I how had, did that make you feel? Man, I was terrible. I mean, at the point in time, like you couldn't tell me nothing because I had money, but inside I was like, man, this shit's got to fucking stop. And, I mean, that's real talk. Like, I said, man, after I see my pops and my grandfather, I said, man, yo, nah, I can't, no, I can't have this happen to me, man, no. And, and I seen it happen. Yeah, and then you got locked up right, right afterwards. So right. what did you do to change that? I mean, and I know, I know how things are going, but tell me, tell me a little more about that. Um, when I got the, when I, the first day I got to jail, um, I had just had to have surgery because my esophagus had closed up on me. Wow. So. My esophagus had closed up on me. I couldn't breathe. I really yeah. couldn't swallow. I couldn't eat. Um, they had to have surgery. So when they opened my, 
my son gets back up. I'm like, man, I'm fucked up. I mean, yeah, that's just real. So, right, I just said, man, I'm, I'm literally got to get myself in order, man. And I looked in the mirror, man, and I was like, I'm looked in the mirror, and I was like, man, how, like, how did I even let myself slip like this? I looked at my face. My face was super fat. My neck was fat. My stomach was hanging over my uh, my clothes. I'm like, it's like, nah. I'm like, this is not what's up, man. And I was only 25, 26 at the time. I said, man, nah, man. I'm, no, I look busted and disgusted. I feel busted and disgusted. And I said, mm -hmm. I don't want to feel like this anymore. And I knew if I didn't change my, my life right then and there, man, and, and I knew I was going to die. Plain and simple. Sure. That's all it was. I knew I was going to die at a young age. I would have had mm -hmm. diabetes, high blood sugar, heart problems, all that. And that's not the life I wanted for myself. Sure. That's awesome. And that, man, you just uh, unloaded a lot of a lot of things going on. You got surgery in your esophagus. How right. does that, how does that even... Where does that come from? Man, it came from over drinking, overeating, okay. abusing my body, man. You and know, did you have the surgery while you were in in jail? Man, okay. I had this surgery two days before I got two arrested. Days before, okay. So you were <laughs> two out, days just, just out arrested. of the hospital. Right. Mm -hmm. Just out of the hospital, still healing up. It was right before Christmas. Just bought my kids before, all their just Christmas, before Christmas gifts. Yeah. Bought okay. all my kids all their Christmas gifts. How many kids do you have? I got three. What were your names? Uh Alexis, Ariana, and Mike Jr. Wow. What did you get them for Christmas? Man, I can't even remember, but they had a whole car full of stuff. You know, mm -hmm. I bought them everything. And, man, I got arrested right after I bought all this stuff for Christmas. So, it, like, when they came and got me, when the feds came and got me, all the Christmas gifts were sitting in the back of their uh, of the car. So, yeah, it was, it was so a messed up time, get, bro. They didn't get none of Oh, no, they got them. They got them? They still got them, okay. yeah. They still got them. I That's just awesome. wasn't there to see none of that stuff, you know, so... Like I said, that stuff, yeah, I, when I got arrested, bro, I went through a whole lot of stuff, man. How did you make out of, make it out of that? Man, honestly, I, by the grace of God, bro, and that's real talk. I mean, because I put a lot of stuff in his hands, man. You know, I prayed. I ain't even going to lie to you. I would be lying if I said I didn't. But, you know, sometimes, man, experiences and stuff is, you know, it's beyond your control. It's beyond, you know, you cannot personally make it through that. And I knew I didn't do it by myself. And that's real talk. Like a lot of people don't believe in God. They don't believe in the, you know, a higher power. But I know and know this for sure that there is a higher power, man. Because okay. I know if without him, I would not have made it out of it. Plain and simple. And yeah, that's you, just you the had truth. all this happen and then you had to sit in jail for Sydney, how long? Yeah, ten years. Ten years. Yep. So what was that what was that like, especially initially? I mean, going through all of, I mean, you, man, you went through a lot. Initially, fast. Mm, it, it yeah. sounds like in, within like a month's period, everything yes. took a drastic turn. Like yeah. two months ago, you were living it up, having a big time, right. and then out of nowhere, boom, father died, happens. grandpa Grand died. died. Yep. You were about to buy presents for your children, right? So it's Christmas, right. and on top of that, you just had surgery, right? And everything was already going downhill at that point, right? right? And then yep. you had the lockup happen, right? So when the lockup happened, you know, I'm thinking, man, I'll be bond out. You know, this is another case. You know, yeah. I, I got bond money. I'm not worried about it. Okay. And this one, I knew I was in real trouble. It's when uh, <laughs> they said, I said, man, yo, so when's my bond hearing? It's like, oh, you ain't got a bond hearing. Uh, uh -oh. They said, yeah, you don't worry about it. You don't have court here in uh, McLean County. I'm like, all right, so what that mean? You're like, you're going to Peoria. I'm like, uh, so what is what? going to Peoria <laughs> Um, going to Peoria. At that time, I didn't know what going to Peoria was. Okay. And then it was like, well, the marshals will be here to get you in the morning. I said, uh, marshals? <laughs> what are you talking about, though? Okay. He's like, oh, well, you're going to feds. Your, your case is going to feds. It's no longer state. So you're going to the feds. I'm like, Man. I'm like, all right. But I still, at that point in time, I'm like, all right, whatever. Mm -hmm. So they come and get me the next morning. And this is when I really knew I was in trouble. They took me to the fed building downtown Peoria. You know, you okay. see it. It's nice outside. You're like, all right, it's another court building. You get inside though, and yeah, it's completely different. Uh, cool. These guys in suits, you know, you can tell they got big guns on their side. And then you walk up the stairs, you know, they took you out, they take you out of your handcuffs. And, what and, were and you thinking whenever they uh, they came to get you? I mean, still at that point, I was just like, all right, cool. Mm -hmm. But like I'm I said, I, yeah, I'm like, yeah, it's good. Like, you, I'm, I'm you not tripping. Past, period, past yeah. experience of being I'm in not, yeah. I'm like, yeah. this, this okay. is all right, this is cool. I'm not tripping. And then when we get in the courtroom. The courtroom is the biggest courtroom I've ever seen in my life. Like the courtroom you see in a movie. Mm -hmm. Like the back of the courtroom dude is just sitting up like he's God. <laughs> so, and it's a United States of America. And it's got the, the, the eagle in there. And then they put the 
court paperwork in front of you and it says United States of America versus Michael Sullivan. I said, oh my goodness. I said, now I know I'm in trouble. This is not McLean County <laughs> against Michael Sullivan. This is United States of America against me. So I'm like, dang. I'm like, what the f did I get myself into? Okay. Um, and then they start reading off my charges and everything else. And then um, the judge was like, man, uh, yeah, you did this, you did that. And at the time, they got me and my brother, you know, I got two sure. younger brothers. They, they got me and his court case mixed up. So, you know, they got all his cases, all my cases mixed up on the court history. And, and in the feds, Matt, I got Matthew and Marcus, they're both my youngest brother. Okay. So in the feds, they go off your, your, your criminal history. And your criminal history depicts on where or how much time you'll start, your time starts. And in. they mix them up. Right. So you can either start at zero to life or zero to 10 years, five to 40 years. 10 to life, 20 to life, 30 to life, or just life. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, all right, you know, whatever, man. He get to talking to me. He's like, yeah, you, um, he's like, with your past record, dog, yeah, you get no long, you, you get no less than a mandatory life. I said, ho, 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 ho. I said, man, you got the, ho, ho. I said, you got the wrong person, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I said, you got the wrong person. They's like, man, oh, get you, get, get, get your client. I said, nah, I ain't gonna get your client. I said, man, I was quiet until then. I'm like, nah. You got the wrong person. Y'all need to go back and do some history or something because, nah, there's no way I'm looking at mandatory life. Okay. Anyway, I mean, but long story short, yeah, they ended up getting it right. I wasn't looking at mandatory life. They got us both. They got both our records messed up. Okay. But at that time, I'm like, man, mandatory, man, fuck you. Got me fucked up. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Straight up. Mm -hmm. Mandatory life, shit. I didn't yeah. kill nobody. So I'm like, you know, at that point, but then still at that point in time, it was like, that's when it, was, it really hit me like, man, I'm in trouble. Mm -hmm. I'm really in some deep dog. I'm, yeah, I was in it. Okay. And damn, that right there, man, I mean, that alone right there was the experience. You know, I sat in the county for like a year and a half fighting my case. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the experience in itself. Like that point right there, it made me realize that a lot of people are not your friends. Um, a lot of people, man, a lot of people, they could be around you every day all day but at the end of the day man it is using you for what you work okay i mean and they can say they have your back they can say man that's my dog they can even say that they're your cousin mm -hmm. even though they know you're not your cousin and you can even say that that's your cousin man i love them but when you start seeing signs in people man that there's disloyalty at any point you need to cut them people off man mm -hmm. because them people are not doing nothing but um leeching off of you man for what for what you're best for that's it and I didn't see that at the time, man. And there's a lot of people that was around me at that time that I was taking care of, man, that, you know, that was a time where I needed people to be there in my corner, bro, and not one of them was there. You know what I'm saying? So instead of me um, using that as as anything else, I used that as motivation for me to become a better person. Sure. And I used that for me to, you know, and I said, man, you know what? I'm going to take this time, man. Not only am I going to become smarter, but I'm going to look better, and I'm going to feel better, and I'm going to become the baddest motherfucker that any of these people going to see, okay. plain and simple. And that's when the transformation began, bro. Like, not only outside, but it began inside. So what do you mean by that? Like I said, I just became a better thinker. Um, I, became a I became to just depend on myself. You know, okay. at that point in time, I was like, man, you know what? I can't worry about what anybody's doing outside. Sure. I can't worry about anybody sending me money. I can't expect it because nobody owes me shit. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to get it on my own. Now, uh, some people, there's some. There's three types of people in this world, man. There's people that make shit happen, people that talk about making shit happen, and those that wish they could make shit happen. Okay. And honestly, I'm one of those people that make shit happen. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, I can't wait on the next man saying he going to do this for me, he going to do that for me. I'm going to go get it on my own, bro. And that's when I realized, like, you know, I can't wait on them. I got to get me. So I started hustling when I was in jail. So um, what, is it, what does that mean? Man, I, listen, if somebody, I knew, and I knew I had money, and I knew I had money, and people that knew me knew I had money, mm -hmm. but that don't mean nothing when you're in jail. Sure. So, man, listen, I did whatever I had to do. Y'all need me to cook for y'all? I'll cook for people. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? I didn't trip. I didn't care. I'm not, I'm humble. I, I, know, I know I'm messed up. Um, you need me to train you? I was training guys in jail. You want me to train you? Train you to lose some weight? Let's go. I'll train you to lose some weight. Man, I may even start. I, I had girls. You know what I'm saying? I had two girls, so I knew how to braid hair. You need your hair braided? Well, let's go. I'll braid your hair, bro. Mm -hmm. I did whatever it took. Right, man, I need money. So I did whatever it took for me Survive. to get money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ain't no question. So I have no problem putting in work, period. So when I got to the joint, you know, and that was yeah, so, so you sat in there for a yeah, year and a half. I sat in there for a year and a half, grinding on my own. You found out what was going to happen. You got convicted. Right. Yep. Right? I got convicted. And what happened after that? Um, I got convicted. 
you know, you hear a lot of stories about the Feds um, when you're in the county. There's a lot of guys that are coming back one way or the other. They tell you about how the Feds are. You're like, man, I don't believe that shit. Mm -hmm. Man, you lying. You know, I, it ain't that bad. So I get my time, and this is when Derrick Rose is in his prime. They was playing the Celtics. Okay. And um, back in what, like oh nine? This 08? was like yep, like oh nine oh eight. So we catch a plane. We catch a plane, and, and everybody tell you like the planes in the feds fucked up. What's Excuse my language. Like they are the worst planes in the world. They will get you from spot A to spot B, okay. but they on the outside. They was like, there's always this plane on Con Air with duct tape on it, and I happen wow. to get on this one with the duct tape on the wing. So we got on there and whatever. And the plane, as soon as we landed in uh, Minnesota, Rochester, Minnesota, man, the whole plane just turned off. Like everything. As soon as we landed, oh. it, everything is blacked off. I said, um, um, so does that happen all the time? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, uh, uh, what's up? Is this, this what's up? They're like, oh, it happens all the time. Don't worry about it. They say, you scared? I said, uh, yeah. Well, I would not be scared. The whole plane just cut off. I don't even know what's going on. It's like, oh, it's cool. It'll, it'll happen all the uh -huh. time. But okay. like I said, at point A to point B, we made it to where we needed to be. Um, and so, where was this at? This is Rochester, Minnesota. But we went everywhere. You, when you get in Con Air, you fly everywhere. You will mm -hmm. fly six different places in one day. Uh, yeah, and you will have to sit on that plane. There's nothing to talk about. Like the movie yeah. Con Air, that's exactly how it is on the plane. Okay. Sitting outside, they got the guns, all that. You know, and that's when I really knew for real that this was real. Everything that I heard about the feds was real. Wow. So we get to, um, they get to intake. And this is after Oklahoma. Oklahoma, that's really nothing to talk about. But we got to uh, the intake joint, mm -hmm. and you know, like I said, you hear a lot of stories about the joint, and you feel like, man, they're faking. This shit ain't real. Mm -hmm. um, we getting processed in, and man, not even ten minutes after we get processed in, the body alarm goes off. And the body, for people that don't know, a body alarm is that's when something happens to somebody. Either they get stabbed, somebody got beat up, or either somebody gets killed. Yeah. You know, so we get there and. We're sitting in, we can't even go upstairs because the body alarms went off and somebody just got killed upstairs over some tennis shoes. So, wow. yeah, and this is not even 10 year, ten minutes after me getting in the door. What were you thinking at that point? I said, man, this is some shit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I said, man, this is real. Like, And I knew right then, it was like, man, I might have to fight. I might have to fight for my life here, sure. one way or the other. And I said, man, I'm going home. I don't care what the, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm going to do whatever I got to do to go home, plain and simple. And mm -hmm. that's how I, that's how I lived for the rest of them days. Sure. I worked out like I was going to have to fight for my life, yeah. literally, because at any given point in time, that's what you might have to do. Yeah. And that's how real it was. I mean, people die over shoes. People die over cutting somebody in line. People die for not showing respect. Like, if you tell somebody, if you cutting from somebody and you bump them and don't say excuse me, mm -hmm. that might be where you, you, you just lost your life. That's how yeah. strict and crazy it is in them. Some dudes are this that institutionalized where they take respect that far. Like you have to respect them or you will die playing yourself. So were there any instances where you were questioning or thought might something would happen? Oh, it's a lot of <laughs> it's a lot of instances okay. where stuff happened. And I mean, I'm not ashamed to say it. Like I mean, you know, in there, man, there's certain things you got to do, or certain things you got to have in order to make sure that you're gonna get home because. They, there's no, there's no, there's no code in there, man. Like so all, anytime, all of this over doing what? Selling drugs. <laughs> you up, you locked up with people who? Man, people that listen. It was people that was never going home. People that had uh, life plus 120 years. Mm -hmm. People that had uh, life upon life. You um, saying you in the same? They, same we place. all sitting in the plane, same place, bro. These people that didn't care. You know what I mean? And some of these dudes were the most humblest guys that you ever mm -hmm. meet in life. Some of them, and, and that's how they work. But if you, one single thing like that, and they will flip the switch. switch. Yeah, okay. they will flip the switch. Um, a couple of times the yard went up, and people don't know what the yard went up with. Is there was an altercation? It was a big altercation. The blacks got into it with the Mexicans. Like in there, it's it's real. It's very po uh, political. Um, not only is there race cars okay. or race, you know, you know, different races where they're isolated, but you got isolation of where like where you from mm -hmm. so what me being from illinois you know the guys from illinois we all stick together mm -hmm. um and then you got to get it's an even a smaller group yeah. dudes from the guys from peoria and bloomington and decatur and all that we all stick together but with me being in pennsylvania it was just all illinois all indiana so it's just the midwest car all the dudes from the midwest stuck together all the dudes from pennsylvania they stuck together new york they stuck together 
So anytime something happened, like the whole car would push. Yeah. Okay, say Illinois got into it with uh, Pennsylvania. Then the whole car would go into it. Wow. So it's very political, but at any given time, it could be the Mexicans against the blacks. And go crazy. And that's exactly what happened. Okay. So we were sitting in lunch one day and a black guy cut in front of a Mexican and the Mexican wasn't feeling that. Right? The the ties with the blacks and Mexicans at any time could go. I like the tension is crazy. It's crazy. Like the mm -hmm. smallest thing, I send it over. Sure. And and I seen it when I hit the um when I hit the intake. We almost got into it with him over a TV. Like I said, it could happen at any given time. But this yeah. man cut in front of him and called the man out his name and the Mexican didn't feel it and they got the fighting right there in the child hall. Yeah, the child hall went up. Like and me, I'm not gonna lie to you. I seen it, I said, what? I'm talking about, and dude beat the brakes off the Mexicans. Now, the Mexicans felt some type of way. So they were very pissed off that somebody disrespected so them. What happened after that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I went okay. to work. <laughs> I went to work. And I'm glad I went to work. And I'm glad I worked seven days a week because that kept me out of a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, in the other given time, you have a move after lunch. And this is how you know the, the joint is messed up because mm -hmm. they had a one-way move. Any other time they have a move where everybody go where they need to go, go to work, they call it a work call. Everybody go to work, go to their house and buildings, wherever they need to go. They call it a one-way wreck to move. A mm -hmm. uh, one-way uh, move to wreck. So when they call it a one-way move to wreck, they already on garbage. So you see, it's the middle of summertime. It's July. Okay. These guys going out there with coats on and everything else. So you already know they own you know, garbage. Yeah, yeah, they got okay. every weapon they could think of in their coats. Police not searching them, police don't even care. Mexicans, blacks, they all go out there. And I said, man, this is all bad. <laughs> you know, I said, this is all bad. Yeah. And bro, not even 30 seconds later, all you see is police running from the um, running from the administration building. Now, the administration building, that's where the warden is. Mm -hmm. That's where they got all the guns at. That's where everything else is. And they just kept on running out there. And the people was out there fighting for like two hours. So they had to go out there and break it up. Uh, people got helicoptered out. Um, like I said, luckily I was working. I didn't have to deal with that garbage. Yeah, I love you. Yeah, but we locked down for 45 days. Sure. So, yeah, it was definitely fucked up. Wow. Sounds, that, that, I mean, that was probably, that was just one instance. One incident, yeah. And one. there were multiple. Multiple. Hundreds. I am not going to say that, but it was a lot. There was different things that, you know, made me realize, like, man, this is not worth me coming to jail, bro. Sure. And I'm going to tell you the one, the one incident, and that wasn't even the most power, overpowering incident. The one incident that killed me the most and made me realize, like, is not, don't come back to jail and don't do shit to come back to jail, is when we didn't have water for, like, two weeks. Two weeks? You didn't yes. have water for two weeks? Two weeks, bro. So, you what can just imagine. Like? Man, listen, there was no, you could not flush the toilet. We had to walk, um, we had to walk five minutes to the porta potty Yeah, so, it did, it, and then overnight, there was no going to a porta potty So, you still got to use the bathroom right there in the cell. So the cell is smelling like piss and shit all night. Man. Right. It, and that right there that made me feel like less than a human. Because if you can't come in here and make sure that we got some fucking water to even fucking be safe to use the bathroom, like, what the fuck, man? I said, nah, hell so what no. Was it like? What was it like getting water the first day after two weeks? I mean, they gave us some water to drink, but it wasn't enough. Like, it, you know, you couldn't even work out. You could barely even take a shower. You couldn't do none of that shit because... You walking around funky already as it is. Yeah. You can't even wash your ass. You taking a shit. It smelling like shit and piss in a fucking cell. So you gotta, man, that shit was horrendous, bro. You gotta melt. We had to melt snow in the pots that we cooked just so we could have um, water to clean the, the dishes in the kitchen. Wow. And I said, man, you know what? I'm not eating shit out of here. Y'all got me fucked up. I'm not eating this shit. I said, man, I'm not serving nobody this shit. I said, y'all gonna have to do what y'all got to do because I was the great one cooking the kitchen. I said, man, listen, I'm not gonna be responsible for this. I'm not, nah. Mm -hmm. I said, I'm not cooking that shit. I'm not doing none of that shit. I don't have to take me to the hole. Do what y'all want to. So I'm not serving nobody that shit. I just seen a dead bird in this fucking pot with the snow because y'all got me boiling. I'm not, hell no. Mm -hmm. I'm not taking that shit out there, man. Y'all got me fucked up. And that right there said, I said, man, you know what? I'm not, I already knew I wasn't coming back to jail. But that right there solidified all that yeah. shit. I said, I'm not coming back to jail, man. I promise. I, I can't do this shit. Okay. So now let's uh, fast forward a little bit. Or, uh, you know, get, you, you got out. So what was that like getting out? Like, what would, you know? Man, it was a culture shock. 
It was a culture shock. Like, so I couldn't even, like, Let's talk about what's different. So man, you went to jail in what year? I went to jail in 96. 96? And what no, year no, did you my, get out? No, no, about 96, 2006. 2006? Yeah, 2006. So what was it like when you got out? Man, completely different. When I went to jail, everybody had next tail phones. So when I came home, now you got these touch, t uh, touch screens. I, I, I get a cell phone when I get out, you know, because first of all, I caught the bus. Okay. I was all the way in Pennsylvania, so I caught the bus. And I didn't even go to sleep. Like, I stayed up the whole way. We caught the bus. I caught the bus in New, um, New York, uh, Pennsylvania. So I caught the bus to New York, caught the bus from New York all the way to Cleveland. And I stayed up the whole time. Wow. Even to Chicago. I stayed up the whole time. I wanted to see everything. I said, okay. I'm not closing my eyes. I've been going too long not to see everything. I said, that's so what was that like? What was different? Like, tell me, I mean, besides the phones, what, what are some things that you know? Everything different? was different. The way the people dressed, um, just being around people was different. Like, it, like I said, it was a what culture shock. I couldn't be around people. Okay. Um, at first, it took me a while to even be comfortable to be in um, loud spaces because, like I said, in there, it's different. Um, You're used it's to very quiet. Yeah, it's very quiet. Uh, like I said, because they they got it in there where you can't even hear the TVs. They take the speakers out, so you got to have headphones in mm -hmm. in order for you to hear the TV. So it's quiet. When you come to the real world, it's loud. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh man, I can't. Hell no, I can't deal with this shit. Yeah. I was, I, I was institutionalized a little bit not completely but a little bit and i was just used to the the quietness and i was like man nah y'all gotta get me to where i'm going because right. i can't take this now nah, this is not what's up mm -hmm. but i was happy to be on the bus on the bus it was cool um the first time i went to walmart i'm like ah nah <laughs> nah <laughs> no nah. i said man it wasn't even walmart it was just the people okay just being around that many people at one time and i was like man i can't do this mm -hmm. nah y'all gotta get me get me back to the halfway house and, and I was, yeah, and it took a while for me to get adapted to all that, man. Like being out here, it, was, it, it. How long did it take? Um, honestly, probably about a good year. Yeah. Um, it took about a good year, man, for me to get used to being around people. Okay. Um, and getting adapted to being in stores and all that stuff. Like it take a lot. A lot of people don't understand, man. When you come from a confined place like that, man, just coming home and being around other people that's not used to being in a an environment like that. It's, yeah. It's completely different. But. I was cool with it. That's what I wanted. I didn't want mm -hmm. to be in there. I wanted mm -hmm. to be out here. So I knew I had to adapt fast okay. and quick and hurt. So you got out. Right. And I'm sure, how did that feel? Like the first initial feeling before we move on, what, how did that like? It didn't even that? seem real, honestly. I mean, it didn't seem real at first because you go from, yeah, you go from one day having somebody tell you what you're going to eat or tell you what time you're going to go in your cell or your room or tell you what time you're going to be able to take a shower or basically control your life to now you got the freedom to do what you want to do. So you got your freedom back. Yeah, it didn't feel real at all. Like it, it's the one of the best feelings in the world. It is the best feeling in the world sure. because I had every, all the control of my life back. Yeah, and I didn't have to look over my shoulder. Awesome. So you spent about a year and a half at your house. Yeah. And so what happened after that? Where, you know, what what got us to today? So what, how did we get to, you know, being a personal trainer, like what, what 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 made you want to do that in the first place? Like you got out, and it sounds like you got in pretty good shape. You were training other people in inside, right? Right. You had some clients, right? right? So what made you want to become a trainer? You know, and and you know, really start trying to help other people at this point in their life. Um. What one of the, what made me want to help people is that I knew that deep down inside that when I started seeing a lot of people out here, and I seen how they you know they look that look in their face I, I seen that same look in my face when i looked in the mirror mm -hmm. and they you know they need help you know they're screaming for help they just don't know how to ask for it okay. and when they do ask for it like you know they still need a push um and they need they need to see a real life experience and i love helping people sure you know because that I, for some reason that's like the best film in the world you where know what that, I'm saying? where did that come from and i know we've talked about your, your past a little bit where is where is wanting to help people uh as bad as it sounds like you say you do, where did that all come from? Uh, it probably came from my parents, you know, because regardless of what my parents not let me play ball, they still instill good qualities in me, you know. Okay. So that came definitely from them and their upbringing, like, you know, helping people. That's something that I always did. Regardless of what sure. road I went down, I still help people. Like, you could call me any good, any day. If, if I got it, you got it. If I mess with you, if I got it, you got it. I don't care what it is. I'll give you my last. I'll sure. give you whatever. But, you know, some, like I said, I love helping people because at the end of the day, it makes me feel better about myself. Mm. You know, so if I can help somebody reach their goals and make them feel better about themselves, that's going to help me feel a whole, a whole lot better about myself also. Definitely. Um, and it sounds like making yourself feel better at this point is, is super important to you. Right. 
So, I guess my question to you would be, and let's kind of backtrack a tad bit. You talked about how you do this because your parents had done some things for you in the past, right? Right. And now you help people out because you said that you like you just you you like to help people because it makes you feel good. Right. Does that make sense? Right. So, why now? I mean, you could have you, and I know you said you got out and you've been out for a while. Right. You could have waited another year and a half to become a first trainer and start to help other people. You could have you could have started right away. So, what was it that said? You know what? Like, I want to do this so I can make myself feel better. But not only that, I can help other people not feel the way that I feel whenever I look myself in the mirror. Right. I mean, honestly, when I was locked up, uh, being a first trainer was what I wanted to do. Period. Because uh, when I was, even when I was locked up, I read stuff. You know, to make myself more acquainted with the human body, um, not only because of myself, well, mainly because of myself, mm. but I would say, you know, I, this is what I want to do, and this is what I wanted to help people to do. I want people to see, you know, that they can reach their true potential. Like, it took a lot for me. When I first started working out, I could barely do five push-ups. Sure. Now I can do hundreds without a problem. Okay. You know, but it took pain, it took sweat, and it took a whole lot of tears for me to do that. Mm. I could barely do pull-ups. Now I can do pull-ups every day. Yeah. I can do pull-ups all day because I made myself want to do it. I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, this is what I want to look like. Mm. This is what I want to feel like. And I made that shit happen. I didn't, awesome. I didn't sit back and I didn't, add, I didn't wait for anybody to do nothing to help me. I did it on my own. And I said, man, you know, if I can do it, guess what? I can be that motivating, motivating ear or motivating voice in somebody's ear to make them want to do that shit too. Definitely. Um, and now, you know, I wanna, what I want to know is, and I think we've already touched on this a tad bit before we, you know, ask you what you're trying to do with your career is, what gets you to do this on the days that you don't want to do this? Like, yeah, and I know, and it, and I know it sounds like it's safe to say you kind of built that habit while you were inside where you worked, you know, it sounds like seven days a week and you built that, right. you, you made that work, ha you built that work habit, you know, within there. And not only that, before that, when you were, when you were hustling on the right. side, right, and you're doing right. your thing. But what gets you up to do this on the days you don't want to do this? Because, I mean, just from what I heard within this interview, you told us some pretty, pretty, pretty dark things. And I mean, a lot of people wouldn't would have called it a, called it a day after that. I mean, they would have that would have been it. After all those things that happened back to back to back, they would have called it a day. That they would not have come back and been been as resilient resilient as you have to this point, right? right? And that comes from doing things when you don't want to do it, right? Yep. So what gets you up to do this when you don't want to do this? Man, you know, just to prove, not only to myself, or mainly to myself, but to prove to others, like, you know, it don't matter what you've been through. It don't matter, you know, what your past is, or whatever the case may be. What do you feel like you have to prove? I'm, I'm, a, I'm still a bad motherfucker, period. Okay. Just straight up, man, it don't matter if I'm doing the Illegal or legal, I'm still I'm still cold. There's nothing they can do to stop me. Like I said, some people, man, it just comes to them. You know, some people they just you know they gravitate towards money illegally or legally. Mm -hmm. And one way, one thing about me, man, I'm gonna get it. So you got and, your, you got, your, you got another chance, and you're ready you're to right. get it back. And to I'm gonna do it legally. You know what I'm okay. saying? I'm gonna show them that I can ball not only illegally, but I did it illegally. Now I'm gonna do it on the legal side. Sure. And like I said, I'm a hustler, man. I don't mind putting in that work. I'll I'll, I'll I'll put in that work. I'm a workhorse. I don't care about work, Definitely. and that's why I train myself in there. I'll work seven days a week. I'll mm -hmm. work out seven days a week. I didn't care. I trained myself in there, so when I came out here, sure. I could be a cold man, plain and simple. That's crazy. So what do you want to do with this now? So you, you started as a trainer. You, you've been doing this for a few months, and what, what is your end game? What are you, what are you looking to accomplish with your, your training career and you know, what you're looking to do now? My end game is, honestly, I, I, want, to make it, I, I want to make it where I don't have to do anything else but train. Okay. Um, I don't want to do else anything but train or, or mentor people. And I wouldn't even mind, besides training, I want to mentor youth. You know what I'm saying? I want youth to, to look at me and, you know, and see mm -hmm. that. Because a lot of youth, they don't understand or they won't listen to somebody that's not been through the struggle. You know, so I wouldn't mind. And that's my goal. And I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to be a mentor to some kind of youth somewhere mm -hmm. because they need it. You know what I'm saying? If I had somebody that had been through the struggle, and been through some of that sh that, that shit that yeah. I, I went through in my ear when I was young, I would I probably would have made a lot of mistakes that I made. Yeah. I would have never <clears throat> did a lot of stuff that I did, you know. And sounds like you want to help other people not be yeah. what 
And not only that, like I, that's all I want to do. Like, I, all I want to do every day is train. I promise. Mm -hmm. I, I'm happy. I could be in the gym, just being in the gym, kicking it around you, around any of these guys that's in this room right now, and I'm cool. Mm -hmm. uh, that, as long as I'm in that atmosphere, bro, I don't worry or think about anything else. That's so awesome. as long as I'm or in that atmosphere or in the gym helping people or making them feel better, that's what's up. I want to make it where you know my name is known, and I'm gonna keep on hustling until I walk in the room and everybody knows my name. Plain and simple, and it's not gonna be because of like the legal that. stuff that I did. It's gonna be because of the legal stuff that I did, That's you know. Awesome. And it's I, I want to leave a positive imprint, you know, before I leave this earth. Like they gonna know what my name is, and it's not gonna be because of the bad things I did. It's gonna be because of the good things I did. That's all I like to hear. Yeah. Um, well, I, honestly, I don't know if I necessarily want to ask any more questions after you talking about that. Um, I think your story is crazy, and you've been through quite a bit. And I'm super excited to see what you do from here. Um, is there anything that anything else that you want to leave us with? Not really, man. I think I left you with everything. <laughs> Pour your heart I out. I think I left you with everything, man. But you know, at the end of the day, man, like I said, man, you know, yeah, yeah, it's a lot. You know, I, man, my potential is not. You know, and I limit myself a lot. You know, self doubt right. is a is a is a mother, but. Um, at the end of the day, like I had to remind myself lately, like, man, I'm still a cold man. Like, mm -hmm. as the, the average person, they wouldn't have made it through the shit that I made it through. Absolutely not. Um, and, like, I, my, my, my main saying is, like, uh, I'm going to surround myself around people that I know going to help me do better. If uh, if you're not on a mission to make yourself be a better person, I don't want, I don't want nothing to do with you. Plain and simple. I've known people, I was just telling mm -hmm. Dre the other day, or today, I've known people for 20 years, and I love them to death. I think I told Mike this too. I love him to death, but guess what? I had, I can't have any dealings with him, bro, because mm -hmm. they're not the mindset is back then, and I'm moving forward. Yeah. So if you're not moving forward, you're moving this way, you're moving that way. I can't have no dealings with you because all I see is forward, man, and that's it. And that's all I want to see. That's awesome. Well, with that in mind, that's awesome. I mean, I'm excited for you. Uh, I'm really excited for you. Uh, thank you for sharing your story, and no I, I know the, the people that listen to this, it'll go to the right people. Um, so with that in mind, we're going to wrap it up. Um, outside of that, what's your IG? I mean, now let's give us some idea, give us some ideas on how we can connect with you. So what is your Instagram? Um, how can, how can somebody that watches this get a hold of you? Instagram is super sully six. So it'd be super underscore sully six. Super six underscore number six. So, sully six. Yeah, okay. sully six. Sully right. six. All right. Well, uh, if you're watching this and you don't follow him, you better because uh, he does. If you made it this far, then you just listen to his entire story and you know how awesome and how incredible this guy is. So without further ado, you know, um, you know who I am, coachcurry.fit on uh, Instagram. Um, and uh, we out.